Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What do you call a canyon filled with a bunch of Russian imperialists? Uh, I don't know. What do you call a canyon full of Russian imperialists? Uh, sarcasm. jeez. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spoof Hour with a very special ghost. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We missed you last week when we took our little mini vacation. And this week, we are back with a third person, a special ghost. <gasps> What's that mysterious voice? Hello, a mysterious voice. <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself? As long as I can talk like this through the whole episode. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm not going to do that. We I'm not insist that you talk like that the entire <laughs> well, episode. Well, so well, I am that obnoxious, but I'm not going to have a real problem. <laughs> yep, uh, I'm Maxwell. I've got... Two podcasts, Relic, the Lost Treasure podcast, which is my serious one. And then I've got Everything is Crystals, which is my not serious one. So one is a historical mystery one on the lost treasures of the world and where we might find them again. It's done kind of in the vein of lore, but lighter. And then the other one is just me and my friend Tom getting drunk and then telling someone about Final Fantasy and acting like fools. So amazing. one of those... Is, they're both on iTunes. Relic is on Blueberry, and the other, and uh, mm-hmm. Everything is Crystals is on Podbean. But I could plug that later. I'm much more interested in talking to you guys about scary crap. Oh, yay! I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about your Final Fantasy <laughs> podcast <laughs> as the resident nerd. Yeah. Video game nerd on this yeah. podcast. We will yeah, talk. I'm a very, I'm very yeah. casual. <laughs> We Despite my cat being named Zelda. We will talk. We can get drunk and talk about Kingdom Hearts. Oh <laughs> I'll just leave you two to it then, because you have like 15 years of grievances. <laughs> so many and so convoluted, but we, we, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. Starting like three years ago, Sasha started lamenting how late Kingdom Hearts was. And I documented this. This was before we had our podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was just right after we started living together. And Sasha was talking about like the math of where she would be comfortable with the new Kingdom Hearts coming out. And the like ultimate conclusion of all of this math of like if it doesn't come out by this time then I'm gonna be 30 and then if it doesn't come out by this time then and she was finally like I can't keep waiting Kingdom Hearts I'm getting older (laughs) and so I posted it as my Facebook status in like 2015 and now it's 2018 yeah I'll be 28 when the game comes out (laughs) uh 29 so we, but hey, yeah. we got there before thirty. So I guess we <laughs> yeah. win. That was that was Sasha's goal was just hitting before it before thirty. 30. <laughs> but when it came, when the last one came out, I was fifteen. So that's really upsetting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could have had that perfect symmetry where we were babies, fifteen and thirty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll talk more about that later. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so we're a paranormal comedy podcast, not actually a video game podcast. Sorry. <laughs> And because we have our very special guest in Maxwell, mm-hmm. we first want to get him to dip his toe in the occult, 
with our standard tradition, which is Sasha's going to read his tarot. Now, Maxwell, I did not tell Sasha this, but do you want to go ahead and tell everyone what your history with tarot is? Oh. I can read it. Okay. Decently. I learned in, learned it in college. I went to a hippie school, uh, <laughs> Hampshire College in Western Massachusetts. And so, astro- like, it's very, like, progressive. So, like, the learning is, like, super scientific and, like, um, modern, you know, modern edge just when it comes to gender studies, everything. But that said, everyone's really into the occult as well. So, like, tarot, astrology, people, like, just would offer to read you read your charts at parties so i just kind of picked it up there um but i i claim to know nothing and it's all up to interpretation so i'm not going to yeah. be like well actually sasha that <laughs> card doesn't mean <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah what? okay i wanted it to be a fun surprise that's, that's so cool all right well i hope i hope i give you a good good reading I'm sure you all right so cool. so you drew for your past the four of swords The Four of Swords reflects a quiet time of withdrawal and contemplation, suggesting a period of introversion and reflection, of emotional recuperation after an outbreak of conflict. Damn. In the past, the poison has now since been released, and there there has been now an opportunity to reflect upon what has happened. You had a period of preparation before the task of making what changes are necessary in life. In the past, it was wise to accept solitude and silence as stillness was needed to marshal your thoughts and order your life. So I don't know if you had a big conflict in your past and you had to, like, recover from it. Yeah, it's been a really rough winter. Yeah. Like, emotionally, spiritually. um, I've lost some people that were close to me. Mm -hmm. I've had just a rough go of it. And then the last two months... I've kind of stepped up to the plate, for the most part, emotionally, and just kind of taken a lot of responsibilities and just got the job done and opened myself up more and kind of clean house. So that's kind of dead accurate, actually. Wow. Because things have <laughs> gotten so good. better. Yes. Well, I'm glad things are getting better. All right. Um, because now in the present, you drew the Seven of Cups. <laughs> and that... Re- Ah, yep. <laughs> I got this knowing look. Podcasts are not a visual medium. But <laughs> use your imagination, but, but Use your imagination. What does a knowing look look like? Um, Draw a picture and send it to us. Scoopower at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> so the Seven of Cups represents the boon, and but also the problem of being confronted with too many possibilities in the matter of the heart. Um, well, that's creepy, because before we started recording, dear listeners, we were talking about possibly some upcoming changes for Maxwell. Yeah. So, so that's kind of spooky. Right, so it's predicting or portending an emotional situation where you have so many potentials that are evident, but then you're now faced with the challenge of choosing and acting in a realistic term to make those potentials manifest. The visions of possibilities must be made real and concrete by a great deal of hard work, and it sounds like that's kind of where you are right now. That you're I mean, you flatter me saying that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, we'll, we'll actualize it. We will put that yeah. to the universe. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right, and so your future is the Queen of Cups. In the Queen of Cups, we meet the stable, containing, introverted depths of the element of water, the private inner world of feeling, which is bottomless and ultimately unfathomable. <laughs> All right. When the Queen of Cups appears as it is done here, it's time for you to encounter the deep, unknowable, paradoxical world of feeling within yourself. Mm. Um, the idea may enter your life as a mysterious catalyst for the emergence of deep feelings and fantasies which have previously been hidden from awareness or an opportunity for the emergence of new qualities within your soul. For a person who is unaware of the depths of their own soul and bases their reality on rational thought and concrete facts, 
The Queen of Cups heralds a deepening and development of your inner life. Wow. Yeah. It even mentioned the importance of your fantasy. Dare I say, your final fantasy? <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, mean because you just podcast. started that, your no, new podcast, <laughs> which is about final fantasy. Yeah. I, I'm not predicting your death. That's not my thing. <laughs> I hope not. No, I don't, I don't feel that. That's crazy. No, that was an incredible reading. Like oh, that, thank you. That really, I feel like that hits close to a lot of stuff that I'm dealing with right now and in mm-hmm. a positive way. So that was actually okay. really cool to hear that. Yeah, when I was when I was writing it out, I was like, oh, all right. This is, this Somebody's is nice. got a good yeah. little road ahead of them. Yeah. Well, I'm allowed to tell you the question I had in my head. Yeah. yeah. I was like, how... What is the outlook if I proceed on the path of moving out of New York and examining my options to go to another city? So, Holy shit. Yeah. So I you feel like nailed it, that. Wow. Yeah, yeah I feel That's like the universe awesome. is like, you've been through some stuff. You've still got some work to do, but yeah. this is the right thing but to do. But you're doing, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So. Well, now Sasha has become too powerful, <laughs> so I must destroy you. Destroy her. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I managed to keep it together and not yelp. Zelda touched my foot. (laughs) Zelda has been, because we have a ghost on, Sasha and I are using more equipment than we usually do. So we have like a headphone splitter and there are lots of cords. So Zelda's like, I'm going to rub my face on everything. Everything. And she keeps touching Sasha inappropriately. (laughs) So that's that. All right. Besides that, has anything spooky happened to you this week? Well, for me this week... I just came back from Disney World a few days ago, where I was visiting my friend Dom, who who listens to the podcast. Yay! Shout out to all of my real life friends who listen to the podcast because I've recently found out it's through more like than you think. it's more than I thought. <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast and I know you in real life, thank you. Shout out to none of my real friends because I don't know if any of y'all listen. I'm just Aww. kidding. I at least a couple do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we the spooky thing that happened, we got on Haunted Mansion and it stopped oh. twice while we were on it. <laughs> Which is probably not the ride to stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> what um, part were you on? So the first time it stopped, we were like coming down the hallway. It was like soon after the ride started, so we were in the hallway and so we were stuck it gets like too bad. like where all the doors in the hallway have the jig- jiggling doorknobs, oh. and so all you hear is like metal jiggling doorknobs, <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're stuck here. That's not good. And then the second time we got stuck in the mausoleum right at the end of the ride. Oh, so no. it was just like tall black walls with like, you know, caskets. And we were like, okay, this is fine. This seems um, fine. I hope nobody's dumped ashes here today. Right. And so that's what we were, <laughs> we were wondering is like, did someone dump ashes? Or we were also joking because she knows she works for Disney. And mm-hmm. so she knows like people who, you know, do maintenance on the rides or whatever. There's a rumor that if, the ride stops and someone gets off of it in the room where Madame Leota's head is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they step over the threshold that the whole entire crystal ball like floats into the ceiling on fishing wire. But we were like, we're not going to test that theory. <laughs> <laughs> that's today, to, not that's today. to like, um, make sure no one messes with it? To make sure, yeah, because that, that would be like a really big ticket item for someone to like yeah, sell on the black sense. market. Do you know who's um, the voice of Madame Leota? No. I please correct me if I'm wrong. It's uh, either the person who's whoever, like the audience email. Sure. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yell at me on It's yeah. either the voice of the the woman, the actress who did Maleficent, or the one mm-hmm. who did the Evil Queen. And I think it's actually Maleficent. Okay. Yeah. Give me two I'll, seconds. Like, okay, you're gonna look it up. Yep. I also, yeah. I again, Dom. I know listens to the podcast, and she'll be able to correct us. But yeah, she she's just full of really good Disney trivia. But yeah, we're we're just like. 
we wonder while we were stuck on it the first time we were like did someone try to steal madame leota's head (laughs) (laughs) i've been on the haunted mansion ride but i haven't seen the haunted mansion ride because i uh closed my eyes the whole time and cried because i was five years old and it's my big biggest regret because i want nothing more than to go see it but now they're turning it into coco which I wouldn't object to if they made a Coco ride, but I feel bad that they're getting rid of the Haunted Mansion. And I'm not sure if that's in both locations or just in one. That, that might be just one, but I also, I heard, what I heard was that they were putting Coco where Three Caballeros is. Oh, um, thank goodness. Okay, good. <laughs> Crisis averted. And yeah. it is Maleficent's voice. It, oh, it is. Yeah, he was right. You yeah. were right the second time. But yes. yes. <laughs> you got there. Did awesome. anything spooky happen to you this week, Maxwell? Um... Not so much this week. On the 4th of July, that was a weird day for me. I went, I woke up early to go explore some (gasps) caves. Yeah. (gasps) To explore some caves. Yes, they're near my house up here in Inwood Park. And I kept kind of running into animals, like cats, and just like, just like animal friends. I always felt like I was like Snow White or whatever. And it was just... (laughs) It was just this empty clearing, and these caves were used by the Lenape tribe that used to occupy Manhattan, because this is near where the exchange between the the colonists and the um, Native Americans was, this part of Manhattan. And so it's this old settlement, and it's kind of creepy, but kind of pretty as well. And I was just like, I, I remember coming back that that uh evening and time my partner i'm i feel like princess mononoke i'm just like just like keep running <laughs> yes. into and um there was and i said that and around that that time we were on the the deck just kind of drinking cocktails and just enjoying our night and a raccoon which presumably was scared from the fireworks like started crawling like came into the yard because we have a balcony that overlooks this yard and started like crawling around which was cool and also kind of freaky and i was like oh no it's just the raccoon coming to visit and then like we kind of had this like exchange about like what do raccoons mean in mythology and i'm like well like you know not technically raccoons but the tanuki are kind of tricksters i'm just like Mm -hmm. okay well i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing and then later that night (laughs) our toilet basically started flooding and it was the worst thing yeah so i blame it on that guy and (laughs) the tanuki just pulls out like a bunch of hair and it's just like (laughs) yeah it was so scary though because like it just kept overflowing and it just is a whole mess and i I don't like being not being in control, and like the metaphor for that is gushing water, and so I'm just like no, not good, bro. And so, gushing toilet water too, so that's always fun. So yeah, July Fourth was a weird day for me, and a lot of <laughs> yeah. weird like animal spirity things happened that day. Oh, that's so wild. <laughs> How about you? Did anything spooky happen to you, Courtney? Yes. So oh, on oh, Sunday, emphatic, yes. we, yeah. we all had like a really creepy week, I guess. Yeah. On Sunday, I was alone in our house. And yeah. our other roommate was out. You were still in Disney World. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, plug for my upcoming appearance, I was recording with 33% Pulp. I love them. They're amazing. I love them. I'm so excited that I got to be on their show. But the end of my third was kind of creepy and upsetting. And by the time we hit my third, it was like 839. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there was this loud, like, bang in the house. And oh I was just God. like... What happened? So, like, it's recorded where I'm like, um, well, I'm probably going to die, but it's been fun, guys. Oh, no. So, and, like, our other roommate wasn't home. Obviously, you weren't here. The cat was down here with me, and Psyche was in her room. So, like. Do you, do you know, is, did you figure out what it was? Nope. Nope. I, I've heard some bumps, but I think it's, like, the, I mean, I feel like the walls between our neighbors' houses, mm-hmm. like, are pretty thick, but I, I think 
like there is some residual bumping and stuff that we could hear from like next door. Yeah, they it was have just like kids next door. Yeah, it was just like yeah. a crash. How old is oh, your house? So it was built in the seventies, so it's not that old. Yeah. yeah, so just, it's you know, haunted. <laughs> she says confidently, knowing she wasn't the one who was getting fucking haunted. Right. Thanks, Sasha. <laughs> All right. Do we want to tell everybody what we're talking about this week? Yeah. Yeah? Do we want to describe our snacks first? Yeah. Snacks. Snacks. Yeah. snacks All right. First. Well, we're going pretty classic in our house. We got the really good cake pops from Giant, mm-hmm. and we are both enjoying a Krabby's spiced orange alcoholic ginger beer because Ooh. it's Thirsty Thursday, y'all. Mm-hmm. That that would really complement what I'm eating right now, so I'm kind of jealous. Mm-hmm. I'm, what are you eating? Yeah. I originally wanted to go to Koreatown and get some pastries, mm. but that didn't mm. happen. So instead, I went to the new Trader Joe's I had for my work, and I got Speculoos cookie butter. And then Yum. Speculose Cookies, <laughs> which is kind of just like, I feel like watching the Food Channel and eating at the same time, it's just like <laughs> redundant. No, um, it's Speculoos Inception. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that. It I was going to say it's delicious. a Speculception, but I didn't think that was going to happen. Now, how do it? Um, there you yep, go. I'm enjoying it, but it's so crunchy that I don't really want to eat too many on mic because you're mm. going to be like, scary thing, and you're just going to hear this like munching ASMR. Crunch, some, crunch, crunch, like, crunch. ASMR. Eh. <laughs> and that's when we become an ASMR podcast Welcome and start Spoopo. speaking very softly. I'm just gonna speak into the mic. Ghosts. Some ghosts. Whisper, whisper, whisper. I don't, I don't, I like, don't like that. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> that fucking ghost is gonna come back and knock some shit over and it's gonna be like, Sasha, you're fine. Courtney, I got a problem with you. <gasps> Sasha is still doing it and it's I'm gonna punch ghost. her in her throat. No. It's fine. Don't it's fine. Out. I have another roommate. Don't I just have a backup. That's I will take away your remaining cake pop. Okay, okay, okay. You okay, son okay. of a bitch. Okay, I'll stop All right. I'll stop <laughs> Sorry if you're creeped out by ASMR. We are a paranormal comedy podcast. All right, well, today it's interesting because Maxwell's tarot reading mentioned that maybe there had been some poison that had been drained out of his life in oh. his past, which is interesting because today... We're talking about spooky historical mysteries. Mm-hmm. And I know my person in particular has also had to deal with some poison. Yeah. And mine is actually, I think Maxwell already did a mini episode on this yes. last week, I think. Or like today. Week, today. Today? Oh, today. About, um... Oh, is it the uh, thing? The, this, yeah. Um, so I just figured we I'm could talk about that a little bit. And then, <laughs> Maxwell, what are you going to be talking about? I'm be talking about the catacombs of Paris, as they're commonly known. Specifically, and then I'm going to specifically get into a kind of semi-unsolved and very creepy mystery about them. Yes. I'm so excited. I didn't say what mine's about. I'm talking about Rasputin. That's why he has poisoning experience. See, I, I've since like listening to you do your research on Rasputin, I've had that song stuck in my head. Ra 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 Rasputin. Russia's greatest love yeah, machine. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly that. Yes, so please just sing that or like creepy ASMR whisper that as I tell you about Rasputin. Oh no. Don't ever listen to me. How fun are you editing this one out, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Mute, 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 mute. Oh my god. I love it. I'm so excited. Oh, and that's when we lose all of our listeners. No. 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 We'll get more ones, but some of them are going to be weird. All right, who wants to go first? Do we want me to go first? Because I'll, I'll go fearless. first because oh. just really oh, true. quick. So, and, and Maxwell, you can jump in whenever you want since you know about this too. Pretty recently, over in Egypt, 
they found a black granite sarcophagus, which yeah. was what, a Ptolemaic era sarcophagus found in Alexandria, Egypt. So not Alexandria, Virginia, which is like a town <laughs> Where over. we used to live. <laughs> um, Alexandria, Egypt. If it were Alexandria, Virginia, it would just be my black sarcophagus that I left behind in our old apartment. Exactly. Oops. Cursing, cursing everything. I mean, they said we left some stuff behind when we moved out. I assumed they were just trying to charge us for shit. <laughs> it was a sarcophagus. <laughs> it was my sarcophagus. Um, but yeah, because of the location where it was like, Alexandria, Egypt has basically just built up on top of what was remaining what used to be there. Yeah. There hasn't been a lot of archaeological stuff done there, mm-hmm. and so they found this fully intact sarcophagus, yes. lid sealed on with mortar, <laughs> hasn't been opened in 2,000 years. Open it, open it, open it, open it, <laughs> um, open it. And so people are, you know, just amazed by this thing. It's uh, 8.6 feet long and more than 5 feet wide. They don't... That's big. Yeah, it's just this wild That's discovery. And there's jokes about it online now, like people saying, oh, let's open it, you know. (laughs) What's the worst that could happen in 2018? I welcome our undead monster overlord. My favorite this morning was, let's open it, and it's just Rita Repulsa from the Power Rangers coming out being like, at last, (laughs) after a thousand years, I'm free. (laughs) Honestly, better than what we have right now. I know, like, what's the worst that could happen in 2018? Honest to God, could only barely get worse. Does does she want to be president? I mean, like, like... Couldn't be worse. Then we'd finally have a fucking woman president. There are some people who are like, maybe Brendan Fraser will show up. (laughs) Oh, God. I loved that movie. Even though as a kid, it scared me. So I am absolutely here for the bringing back of hot Brendan Fraser Mm. and Rachel Weisz. I'm Mm. here for it. All about that. Also, it could be Gwyneth Paltrow's head, which is a connection I made when I listened to your episode today, Maxwell, because it was titled, What's in the Box? And I'm like, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. What's (laughs) in the box? (laughs) (laughs) Seems fine. Yeah. It's a big-ass sarcophagus just for Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Yeah, so plug here for Relic, (laughs) for Maxwell's podcast, where he did a discussion of this as well. So go listen to that. We will link you guys over there. Yeah. And if you're not following us on Twitter, you should be. But we also follow Maxwell on Twitter, so you can find him through us. Yeah. Follow at- all of us. We're at Spoop Hour. He's at Lost Treasure Pod. Yep. And also now at Too Many Crystals. <gasps> too Many Crystals. Just too many. Just, Just too many. Too many. Too many. <laughs> all right. So who do we think's in the box? Um, are you asking? I- yeah. I mean, I'm just asking everyone. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's fucking Billy Zane, because isn't that who the mummy is in The Mummy? Oh, maybe. <laughs> and also, Kingdom Hearts Connection, he played the main villain in that game. Oh, true. There yeah. it is. There All right, I welcome undead overlord <laughs> Billy Zane. I love Please him. don't at me if it's not actually Billy Zane in The Mummy. I love him so much. I think it's him, but I haven't seen that movie in like 10 years, because we, again, You should watch it, it in honor me. of... In honor of this recent discovery, like, we should all watch The Mummy. <laughs> I saw it when I was in, like, the fifth grade, yeah. and it messed oh, it me was, up then. It was too scary. And me. then, like, even watching it when I was a little bit older, because I still had all that, like, latent mummy fear, I was like, <laughs> oh, no, I can't watch this because the beetle's gonna go in his skin and it's Oh, I don't like it. Blurred. I don't yep. like that. They get Hard way too, pass. Way too Cronenberg. I, I found, like... In third grade, we did, like, the ancient cultures, like, history things um, in elementary school, mm-hmm. and I was so fascinated by the ancient Egypt stuff, and mm-hmm. my parents got me, like, educational computer games, and I got one. It was, like, I think it was Clue Finders, and they <gasps> go to ancient yes, Egypt. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay, we all know about this. 
but I know there were some parts where like the mummies or like the the Egyptian gods come to life, and that was a little spooky for me. So I like had to play with like all the lights on and with an like with a parent in the room just <laughs> to, to protect make sure, just in case to p- protect me from the pixels on yeah. the screen because my my imagination was too wild. Well, the good news <laughs> is here if the undead overlord does come knocking and he is actually Arnold Vosloo and not Billy Zane. Oh, okay. So please do not at me, Billy Zane or Billy Zane fans. <laughs> Sorry, although Billy I Zane. would also welcome Billy Zane I'm as our undead overlord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, like who doesn't want to look like Billy Zane? Anyway, we're probably safe here because we live with two cats. Exactly. And they always we're like hiss the mummy's coming so we just gotta listen to the cats and we'll be good my cat is currently behind sasha (laughs) (laughs) all right who do you think is in there maxwell the realistic answer is billy zane i want it to be yes i want it to be the cool answer but i think it's just a noble and whether Mm -hmm. or not they're able to find out which one i'm not sure because i really don't have a background in egyptology i would Mm -hmm. i wish i did but i don't so yeah it's probably just a noble my hope, though, is that it's actually Alexander the Great. That would be Ooh, rad. That would be really and there's, cool. And there's already been talk about that. And they did know where his tomb was at one point, but then within the span of a couple hundred years, it got displaced, which was kind of a thing that happened back then. Right. So, because um, people were stealing shit. And I also, I feel like, well, I was going to say you'd think it'd be more grandiose than that, but they say that, and this has been attested to during the time it was taking place, people would lament, like, oh, they're taking all the treasures out. Like, Cleopatra needed to finance her barge, so she took out something from Alexander's tomb again. Not really right. like that. Cleopatra but... needed to buy more bees to put in gourds to masturbate. <laughs> oh, God. That's my favorite historical Egypt fact. Oh, <laughs> and it's probably just a rumor, but I love it. <laughs> Have you not heard that one? I'm so speechless after hearing that right now. I was just kind of like, and then Processing. I, I was that speechless was and now I'm ecstatic because she would have created the first vibrator. Yes. yes. So the speculation is that she created the first vibrator. I don't know if it's true. I heard it once and I was like, I don't care if it's true. I love it. It's but amazing. it's the rumor is that she took an empty gourd and she filled it with either bees or wasps and then just went to town. Good for Which her. is a very dangerous game to play Ooh, for an she, orgasm. But like she was a badass bitch who did not care. Yeah. Not the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> oh, yeah. The bees. Oh, yes. The bees. She was like, yes, bees. Yes. <laughs> oh, saucy. 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 Spooky. Spook hour. Spook hour. That's, that's what we do here. I, I like the idea of Alexander the Great. That would be really cool. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were going to say, I like the idea of Alexander the Great masturbating with oh, a gourd full of bees. Please. I mean, he <laughs> was, on the other topic. He was on my team, ladies. Yeah. So if anything, uh, yeah, exactly. that's my power. He could move. have. Yeah. Eh, maybe both, you know. I don't. mean, yeah, maybe he filled a gourd with bees and did stuff okay. with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Young lady. Um, <laughs> so long story short, I think that it's it could potentially be a, the the grave because I imagine it was hid and buried hastily, mm-hmm. and maybe they, there was a bust found, like a statue of like a head of someone, which yeah. might be a clue. But it's kind yeah, of yeah, because like why would they make a bust of just some rando? Exactly. Right. So I don't know. It's yeah. It's I just hope it's another Al Capone's vault situation where. Ugh. But we open the vault and it's fucking empty. That was that Geraldo. was an article that I found. Yeah. Um, the Vulture did one where they like pulled people in the office. Like, what are the pros and cons of it? Mm-hmm. And they were like, con, we send Geraldo Rivera <laughs> over there and we find out it's nothing. Uh, <laughs> he opens it and his face melts off. Oh, that pro. would be hilarious. That would, that would be a pro. 
Yep. I'm for this plan. See, I think the size is also a clue because it's so big. So I could see it being for like Alexander the Great as a sign of respect being like, hey, dude, I know we're taking you away from originally where we stuck you because people keep stealing your shit. But we're going to take what's left and then just put you in a really big Mm -hmm. sarcophagus as like a power move. Yeah, some people were saying there might be honey in there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The bees. The bees. All comes back See? to the bees. I'm gonna back. start this rumor. But, but yeah, Alexander no, the Great loved there might bees. Be, there might be some good honey in there that's never, that hasn't been opened in 2000 years, and probably hasn't know. gone bad either because it's honey. No, honey exactly. doesn't go bad. No. So there could that's be good, a fun there fact could be for cool listeners. Stuff yeah. in there. So we have to open it. Well, Sasha, yeah, what do you think's in there? Oh, I honey. I don't know. I just honey. Just honey. It's just literally just a sarcophagus of honey, dude. I almost hope it is that because how fucking random. Person in it is just full of stuff. <laughs> you open it up, it's just a big pile of honey and like it's one piece honey. of papyrus, and it's like, okay, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> but, but in hieroglyphics, it's just like a hieroglyph of like someone doing this, like the head, the sassy head thing. <laughs> they pull out the Rosetta Stone, they're like, all right, we can do this, and they're like cautiously working around the clock to not damage the papyrus, and they're like, okay, S U C K. I T oh god damn it <laughs> It'd be so good. Alright, so you heard it here first, folks. It's full of honey as an ancient practical joke. Oh, I love that. I also accept the honey as our new overlord. Yeah, exactly. Again, or, better than the current situation. I'd also accept Cleopatra's yeah. gourd full of bees. Like 2018. Anything is great. Literally anything, <laughs> anything is, fine. is fine. Just whatever you got, send it up here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just do it. Let's go to France. All let's right. go to France. Yeah. You so know, we left let's... Egypt and we're going to France. Yeah, oh. it's kind of on it's kind of yeah. on the way. It's on the way. We're going up to France and then to And then Russia. we're going to yeah, yeah, so we're going to go up and then over yeah. and then we're going to hop over from Russia to Alaska and then just commute back. Yeah. And this also involves a tomb. Ooh. Yes. So, so let's go. Okay. Let's do that. So the catacombs slash mines slash tunnels slash limestone quarries of Paris are slash an, big empty thing of spookiness. <laughs> slash bees are an immense <laughs> and ancient man-made network of tunnels and shafts stretching over 150 miles long that run beneath the city of Paris, capital of France. I'm not sure why I put that fact right <laughs> there, but I like everyone to be educated. Detail. A portion of the underground tunnels is a crypt that contains the remains of more than 6 million Parisians. Oh God. Very dead, hopefully. Most of these remains... (laughs) One person is like, please. Not dead yet. Most of these remains and bones being arranged into the architecture and infrastructure. Awesome. Already a classy touch. It's going to be great. That's how we're going to decorate our new podcasting basement, actually. It's just Mm -hmm. with various bones. With bones. So here's the sitch. Paris's earliest burial grounds were to the southern outskirts of what was then the Roman era left bank. So... In Paris, there's the Rive Gauche and the Rive Droite, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're wrong. But left, right <laughs> bank, it's, there's, like, cultural differences in, like, uh, there's differences. The Rive Gauche is really tacky. Uh, oh, so yeah. gauche. Um, so gauche. That's actually, I think, where I stayed when I was there, which we'll get into that in a second. Burying the dead was difficult because it was mostly marshland surrounding the city. So instead of mm-hmm. burying the dead away from the city like you usually did, because you just put them mm-hmm. out where and then you could just go visit them, the Paris yeah. right bank settlement actually had to build its cemeteries on site, like in the churchyards there. Um, and the most famous church to do this was the Etienne Church, which is uh, near the present Hôtel de Ville. So around 1130, 
year, not this morning. Um, <laughs> a majority of the burial grounds overseen by the various churches were starting to get filled up. So there was the graveyard and church that was known as uh, Saint-Innocence, or Innocence, was, and this was near the Parisian marketplace of Les Halles, which is like a famous old market. Think the market outside of Hunchback of Notre Dame, which I okay. don't know if that was it, but it's kind of like that. So this was not ideal because it's hard to do transactions and to buy produce when you can smell dead bodies rotting everywhere. So to make room Personally, for Personally, nothing puts me in the mood for produce more than a dead body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was just durians. Who knows? Oh, yes. Yeah. Ooh, do you have durians today? Sign me in up. In France? Oh, in like... <laughs> so to make... In 1100? Sweet! <laughs> so to make room for more burials, I almost just said, or maybe it was Monsieur. Uh, had to do it. So to make room oh, for that... more burials, the already dead were exhumed and their bones were packed into the roofs and walls of Charnier galleries. I don't know what that means. That's from Wikipedia. I do a little research <laughs> from a little bit of everywhere that were built inside the cemetery wall. So I think they kind of dug up the ground and like put dividing parts under. I'm not sure how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of tombs. So this worked for a few hundred years, was not a fantastic solution, because by the end of the 18th century, the central burial ground was two meter high and mostly filled of the dead, plus whatever came from the uh, nearby hospital and the morgue. Um, Mm -hmm. So other Parisian parishes had their burial grounds, but in late Innocence, it was just kind of like a disaster. So the need to eliminate this cemetery gained urgency from uh, around May 31st, 1780, when a basement wall and a property, someone's house adjoining the cemetery collapsed under the weight of all the dead people behind it. Oh, love it. So I complained about my toilet, but imagine just sitting here and suddenly a whole (laughs) bunch of bones comes Oh, God. You go to the bathroom and just a bunch of bodies come out of the toilet. No. My <laughs> partner would just peace, and then Susie would have a, f- my dog would have a field day. So Susie would save you. Bones. Um, so She's a good girl. Bones. She's a very bones. good girl. You're a very good girl, and everyone thinks so. Stay quiet. Awesome. She's doing great. We're very proud, Susie. So, yeah, it was a disaster. The cemetery was closed to the public. And then just burials were forbidden from 1780 onwards. So, of course, this is, creates problems because it's not like people stop dying. Just right. stop going. Well, 1780 was the year they also outlawed death. So. Yeah, there was. <laughs> well, you know what they say about cemeteries. They're just dying to get in there. Hey. Uh, this is spoop hour. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what side his bread yes. is butter. <laughs> and it's on the spoopy side. So I wrote, so basically bodies washing out into the roads during rainstorms, soups gross. Because I'm a professional. <laughs> so, I guess that visual is so hard. Also, when you said soups, I imagined the like hot liquid food. <laughs> so it was gross on another no. level. Let me take it In even further. To- Challenge accepted. <laughs> when people actually rot, bones don't really like stay dry. They kind of liquefy and get into sort of a gelatinous like aspic. Soups. Gross. Yeah. So imagine that. Like That's d- what I'm calling this episode. Bone marrow. <laughs> soups gross. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about all the aspects mm. I've ever had. Oh, fancy. That's why French like gelatin? Th- yeah, they do. it's because they, that's how they end up. I think that's... Uh, you know how they say you are what you eat? Ooh. It's just gelatin. I think yeah, aspic was invented in that region of the world. But anyways, that's dead bodies. Let's get into mining. Yes, mining! So parallel... <laughs> and that makes sense. So parallel to all this, Paris has sat above a network of limestone quarries for as almost as old as the city has been. It was originally they were open air quarries, like you usually think of a quarry, but then they ran out of minerals, so they had to go inward. 
so by the 15th century, miners were like actually just breaking through old walls underground to just <laughs> dig for limestone, mm-hmm. I guess. Seems fine. There is some speculation that there were maybe some, I said minor mines, <laughs> as in M-I-N-O-R, <laughs> uh, that were used by the Romans near the left bank, but it's kind of sketchy. It's not like as Lovecrafting as these mines have always existed and we just didn't know where these creepy tunnels came from. There, there yeah. were, yeah, people dug them. So there are three main networks that are said to exist at different levels of underground. A lot of these are on the left bank, which is where this you can access most of these uh, now sealed entrances. We'll find out that's very hard to do. The stone from the abandoned ruins became depleted. They just kept digging more and more. Earlier mines were um, shut down and then repurposed by royalty and the church. So they were crafted into wine cellars caused of the French. Amazing. Yeah, they really love repurposing their wine cellars. I remember going to a nightclub there in this part of Paris, and I was just like, oh, it's the wine cellar. This is cool. So, um, awesome. Yeah, which, so this all sounds good because retrofitting is a great idea, but not when you're digging more spaces carved out into the earth above other spaces carved out into the earth. So, also, people's houses were over these mines, so you'd be, like, moving stuff around and you'd be like, oh, there's a mine shaft here. So have fun with all those ghosts and zombies crawling <laughs> their way up there. Oh, God. So obviously this, didn't, this wasn't good. There were caves and tunnel collapsing, whatever. Making matters worse, as civilization and masonry continued to develop um, mm-hmm. along with the city, roads and residencies started overlapping above the tunnels. So heavy right. things above hollowed-out earth equals recipe for disaster. And then just no one could keep track of the mines. It was just a mess. There was no real map of how far it went because it's just people kept adding on ad hoc over the years. So there was yeah. no way to tell what, like, there was no way to, like, just seal things off because it was so dangerous to go down there by virtue of the fact that collapsing tunnels and also you could get lost in the dark. Oh, oh. And then no one would find you. Isn't that a horror movie? Yes, there is the cat. There's two. There's the catacombs, which has a cameo by Pink. The singer, she's great. <laughs> Classy. Um, and then there's uh, As Above, So Below, which is another uh, one. I haven't seen that, but they both deal with the catacombs. And that's in my fun fact section. We'll talk about that further down the line. <laughs> so you got the mines, you got dead bodies spilling out. It's basically these two problems. So what do you do when you've got two problems? You put them together and you make a solution. <laughs> I make one big problem. Um, kind of, but <laughs> and then no, it's it's interesting. So we get to, to 1777. The mine renovation and cemetery closures were both issues within the jurisdiction of the police prefect of police. And this was a gentleman by the name of, here we go, General Alexandre Lenoir, who had been directly involved in the creation of a mine inspection service. So he knew about the mines. He was the most qualified person for the job. Imagine that tradition so mm. lenoir endorsed the idea of moving the parisian dead into the subterranean passageways they were renovating during 1782 sorry are you saying his last name is lenoir yeah like the black so or the dark so yeah the so the guy's last name is the black and he's digging fucking graves yeah. <laughs> okay that seems fine france yeah ostensibly though an altruist he was like we need to do something he would have to be with that last name yeah so so he's like let's just turn this into an underground sepulcher like a a crypt for people and that's cool because basically it's essentially no one knew no one knew these people anymore because there's no way to like know whose bones belong to who so it's a mass grave but it's having the courtesy of saying these people are long dead but it still matters 
as yeah. a you know just via faith and respect for the dead, which is very I mean, French. It should be very. Everyone. It should be very everything. So <laughs> there was a well that was in within one of these walled off properties, and near the Les Innocents Cemetery, and that's what they used. So um, beginning from the opening ceremony, which I guess there was a ceremony. Like, can you imagine yeah, how that was? Right. They just bring out a big torch, and it's got like a skull with it's flames skull. coming out of it, and then they light a bigger torch. It's just like a femur or something, like lit on fire. <laughs> So it's, it's like a really grim Olympics. Well, you're not wrong. Yes! So on the, on the 7th of April of the same year, the route between Late Innocent Cemetery and uh, the tomb became a nightly procession of black cloth-covered wagons. Carrying Le the noir mil- cloth-covered yes, wagons? Yes, carrying the millions of the Parisian dead. It would take two years every night to empty the majority Shit. of Paris. Super metal. <laughs> Wow. Um, so Too just to get into nice. it, so there was a um, mason, a d- mason dude uh, who's kind of the architect of this crypt named Louis Etienne Hericart de Toury. He was the director of the Paris Mine Inspection Services from 1810 onwards. He had renovations in this part of the catacombs. It's only one small part of this tunnel complex, by the way. So he created all of, like, he made the bones, like, affixed into the walls. He created all these sculptures out of them. This complex is called an ossuary, which os is Latin for bone. Look it up. I'm not making that up. And, I was going to go with it. I don't know So he why. created all these, like, <laughs> sculptures and carvings, which um, I have pictures of on my Facebook. I'll send it over to you guys, maybe to put on the website, because I, yeah. spoilers, I've been here. Um, Yay! Oh, that's so cool. And he also... Cr- Sasha's looking at pictures right now on um, Yeah, I, I googled Google image search. These are wild. <laughs> so he also created what people described, at least on Wikipedia, again, I, I have more sources than Wikipedia, but, you know, I'm coming clean. <laughs> um, we are pro-Wikipedia pro. on this I have podcast. A friend who, I, I have a friend who works for them. Everybody go give them some money. They're pretty great. So he created signs or commissioned signs that people called questionable, which were basically (laughs) just spooky, like deliberately spooky wordage. So, but the point was he didn't intend for this place to become a tourist trap. He intended for be a mausoleum to respect the dead. So he made the signs as creepy as possible because people could conceivably access this by just going downstairs in their houses and then finding a hole and then just finding all these, I don't want to think about it. But yeah. so there is that weird hole in the utility room, Sasha. Mm. No, there isn't. We should go down. <laughs> the floor. No, there isn't. Surprise, <laughs> it's Sasha. Not the house is that old. <laughs> if the ghost is gonna murder me, I'm sending you down into the catacombs. No. <laughs> so yeah, as if a literal wall of skulls was enough to deter you. There's the most prominent sign in French down there is "Stop! You are entering the Empire of the Dead." Yes, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We need to get that sign for like where we podcast. Right. <laughs> and one of the nicknames of this place is called the Empire of the Dead, also the Gate of Hell. Just very cheery, very sure. welcoming. So yeah, despite popular belief, the whole complex of tunnels is not just a giant bone cave. In fact, it's only one small portion, and that's what's largely available to the public. Most are just a bunch of creepy and dubious tunnels that stretch out for miles. They're one mm-hmm. giant maze with no mapping. To somewhat help them during their production, the miners actually tried to replicate what was above ground by putting the street names. Um, So you'd have the street sign above ground on that street, and then you'd have it below ground, which makes it creepy for some reason. I mean, it's creepy, creepy, but it's helpful. So it's like, oh, okay, we're on the Rue Le Mans. Yeah, but I like the idea of like two parallel. Like, yeah, that's nice. Para- you know, the the parallel street for the dead. You go to the, the bone living. bakery downstairs. You go to the full size bakery, bakery upstairs. upstairs. Also, I'd like it to be known that when you said bone cave, I thought of an inappropriate joke and I kept it to myself. This is my bone you cave. 
<laughs> when you were saying if you were dead and going to like the bone bakery, I was just thinking of the opening of Beauty and the Beast with like, I need six eggs. And then Belle's like, I'm mad at these people for having jobs. I'm very salty about Belle. That's a fun fact about me as a person. So yeah, theoretically, you'd be able to see these signs, know what you're above you. You wouldn't get lost and like, right. you know, eaten by a zombie. So um, I mean, you could still get eaten by a zombie, but you would know exactly where, where you, you were, were as the zombie was eating you. Yeah. You were like, oh man, I should have turned right. Fuck. So if all this isn't enough to basically say don't do this, because of the collapsed <laughs> And you did it anyway, Maxwell. You had one job. Legally. <laughs> unfortunately, which is very off-brand for my adventurous persona I try to cultivate, but there you go. So because of the collapsed infrastructure and the fact that nobody has ever been able to map out the whole network, it's extremely dangerous to go into the 150-mile sprawling complex. It's been described the... So I know this is hard to think of because, like, Paris is roughly the size of Boston. And then um, I think I might be wrong about that. Like, the main central city, like, not Mm -hmm. counting the, like, outskirts and the suburbs. But they say that this is comparable, like this whole network is of tunnels is like going from New York to Boston. Wow. So just think about how far into the earth it goes and no one knows right. what's down there anymore. That's awesome. And you could just That's keep amazing. going and you never find your way back, which is in fact. But see, here's the thing. You're going to get down to the very, very, very center of it. And there's just going to be honey. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be like a sign like just says you win or congratulations something. enjoy the honey <laughs> so yeah it's dangerous in fact last year two teenagers were trapped down there for three whole days from like june oh, 2007 uh, i think it was like the 11th to the 14th they were trapped down there um oh, and they God. were rescued by dogs Susie, good Aww, girl good um, dogs Good dogs. So, yeah, because people go exploring down there. So here's the thing. This whole, like, the crypt, the tunnels were largely forgotten until the 19th century. How do you forget a bunch of giant dead people tunnels? If everyone died, like, everyone in a generation. I guess. Well, because people, like, they had a new France. Like, all the wars were done. They were like, okay, I guess we can, like, you know, do something with our lives. Why don't we hold parties and salons and, like, you know, creepy lantern tours down here? Which, it came, it was, like, the, you know, kind of the hit thing to do. It was like, hey, you want to go to the tombs this weekend? Okay. I'm not doing anything. And then the church for a while was like, no, you can't do this. This is super disrespectful. And then, <laughs> right. but then the city was people like, people were like, hey, you want to go French in the tombs? And then it was like, ha double, double oh. meaning. Because <laughs> France. Um, but then the government was like, hey, church, sorry about that, but money is more important and people are paying to get down here. <laughs> so yeah, the world's, the 1900 church. World's Fair Exposition, I think, that had visitors, it became like the thing to do. So so above ground in this area to this day, you can't, the zoning laws are super strict because mm-hmm. they don't want to create a skyscraper over like all of this. A sinkhole. Because then that's right. not going to be good. Um, yeah. And though there are plenty of tunnels, in 1955, it was outlawed to even go down there. And they've gone about sealing up, trying to find as many openings in sewers in um subway just anywhere like underground adjacent you could access this potentially so they all start to seal them off but they're still out there and in fact there is um a group like a subculture called cataphiles that go down Mm -hmm. there to just explore the the they're urban explorers essentially and to stop them there's uh the paris prefecture of police has the cataquacks which they're called derogatively (laughs) because they're just you know so they're actually led by a bunch of ducks yeah (laughs) Um, so then I have, like note, he- I have a note here that says, surprise, it's haunted. I'm shocked. Why? 
<laughs> Early in the catacombs life as an underground ostory, there was a gentleman who was the door ca- doorkeeper for a nearby hospital that had an entrance. Um, it was the Val de Grasse Hospital, and this was a gentleman named Asper. Uh, he, they don't say why, but he ventured down into the catacombs through a staircase accessible from the courtyard and was never seen alive again. His body was finally discovered in 1804, uh, and he'd been missing for 12 or 10 years at that point. Jesus. Um, this is the dating is weird on this. So I think it's, I, this is 1902, 1904, 1804. I'm not sure why I have two dates and I just noticed that. So sorry guys. That's um, okay. He actually traveled through time. Yeah. Yikes. Ooh, even weirder. That's what happens when you get down past the honey. So you get to the honey, you have a snack and then you go through time. I'll believe it. So uh, they say here, just again, I think this was from the, in a cruel twist of fate, his remains were found only a few feet from the exit. He was so close to getting out, yet he didn't make it. And his ghost haunts it. But he's a friendly ghost because because apparently he'll lead you out if you're lost. Oh, that's helpful. And maybe protects you from a danger that people dare not speak about, which I think is just an embellishment, (gasps) but we'll also get into that. So here's some fast... The danger they dare not speak about is starving to death in the catacombs. Yep. Here's some fast facts, and then we'll get into the creepy part. During 1871, communists, I guess, killed a bunch of uh, monarchists down there. Hell yeah, they did. During World War II, it was used by the French resistance and the Nazis alike. Police in 2004 discovered a fully equipped movie theater, uh, like a makeshift theater down there that was. I've heard of that. That was stocked with thrillers and noir classics, a fully stocked bar, and a complete restaurant with tables. Oh, see, I'd want it to be showing like Happy Feet. No, like let's go down to the catacombs. I've heard that there are like guerrilla groups that go down there and have like pop up parties. That's awesome. Oh, and we will also get into that. Oh, hell yeah! yeah. So the source of the electrical power and the identity of those responsible remains unknown. Um, Hunchback awesome. of Notre Dame and Phantom of the Opera use this as both as plot points. The Court of Miracles t- uh, is the uh, place where the Romani uh, resistance in Hunchback. And then I think underneath the Paris Opera House, I don't know if I don't know if it's supposed to be the catacombs. There is actually mm-hmm. a kind of tank of water underneath the Paris Opera House. That was the inspiration. Yeah. But um, there's definitely the touch of that. Uh, catacomb-like. In, in yes. Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, yep. on the Hunchback or Notre Dame level, <laughs> there's catacombs uh, in Kingdom Hearts. What's up, bitches? Yes. We're both doing a little dance, everyone. <laughs> Podcasts aren't a visual medium, but they are both doing the same goddamn dance. That's actually one of my I'm favorite surrounded. worlds from the game as well. Yes, um, me too. Oh my god. Oh, we'll freak yes. out. So, there was uh, an Airbnb stunt offering um, three, uh, I don't even, I don't even, whatever. Yeah, just Airbnb stunt. <laughs> just whatever. And then Airbnb. in August 2017, so after the teenagers were down there, which gives you a good idea, only like two months after, which gives you an idea of like how, even though there's a police presence, people are still going to be mischievous, especially the French, mm-hmm. and go into like these tunnels. But thieves broke into a cellar from the catacombs and stole more than 2,000, uh, I can do math. I can do this. 20,000, 50, 250,000 uh, euros worth of wine. Oh, my Shit. God. <laughs> that wine tastes like ghosts. <laughs> That's a lot of wine. I'm detecting notes of the undead. Oh, see, for me, I, it just of... tastes like booze. <sighs> I'm going to stop recording. Uh... <laughs> you guys talked about Kingdom Hearts. Let me have this. <laughs> 
So there was various. This is my lead into the really spooky, meaty thing, um, which doesn't take yes. long. So there was various conjecture that I largely attribute. I'm using the word largely a lot. I don't know why. I think it makes me sound academic. Um, that people attribute to the satanic. Just say smally. Bigly attribute to the satanic panic of the 1980s. That satanists and otherwise satanists, satanists and otherwise dark cults would use the tunnel for their rituals as well as human sacrifices. Satanists were the subsect who were obsessed with tanning. I found no evidence to support this. That was good. Thank you. But I did note that Paris is often considered one of the magic quote unquote cities because of its ties to the occult, specifically Mm -hmm. alchemy. That's a whole other rabbit hole. I'll probably get into on Relic. Yeah. I was going to say, how have you not done alchemy a ton? Because it takes, I'm one. Because it's literally a ton. It's a ton and I'm a one man show and it takes me yeah. two weeks to put an episode out. And I really hope. That makes sense. Yeah, I need interns. You do. <laughs> so the most creepy tale associated with the catacombs is what is often referred to as the videotape. Is this the ring? No. Because I've seen that. Are no. you guys familiar? Japanese. Yes, I've seen both. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? Are you familiar with an ABC family show called Scariest Places on Earth? No, but it sounds like something really? I would watch. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Actually, you look so upset. I'm, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm... So this show spawned my love of ghosts and also freaked yes. me out so much that I had to sleep downstairs when I watched yes. it. Yes. So the show does what it says on the tin and showcases a new notorious legendary spooky location around the globe each week, usually with the added premise of dropping off a group of amateurs with cameras strapped to their heads and making them run around in bad night vision while the crew shed doors and freak them out. It's like ghost hunting murder in small town X. It was before. I I can't believe you don't know. This is every Halloween, 13 days of Halloween. This is my shit. This was my (laughs) shit on ABC Family, um, which is now known as Freeform for some reason. (laughs) <laughs> oh it was great they used chiller font unironically <laughs> and the chair and i forgot about this because i watched it today this what we're going to get into yeah. but it was narrated by zelda rubenstein god rest her soul who was uh tangina the psychic from poltergeist who was okay. a psychic in real life mm-hmm. so oh if you don't that i knew so for those who don't know that that's the don't go into the light Caroline. And then it is Carol Ann go into the lab. Yeah, she it's like, could pick not make one. up her mind. But yeah, she was She's a crappy sight. Yeah, she was super cute. She died, I think, in two thousand eight. She was a legend. They parodied her on, on American Dad. Roger was Ruby Zeldestein for an episode that made fun of Poltergeist. Anyways, so one episode of the show in particular that really freaked people out for alleged was for showing this footage. And this is so the story goes, which they explain in the episode, is that the cavern explorers who do it so illegally were down deep, deep in the cave or the tunnels and found a camcorder that was crusted with mold or whatever. That's what they say, you know, yeah. to make it to embellish. And yeah. on it was uh, a point of view, <laughs> which the guy narrating this describes what a point of view shot is. And he literally <laughs> says it's a shot from <laughs> point of view. <laughs> And I was like, why did they, how did they not edit this out? Yes, this oh, the we don't understand that. But also, what's a point of view shot, though? Right? Point of boo shot. We, we, we just don't. <laughs> yes, point of boo. I am one of point you. Of um, so you it's one of boo. So one it's of boo. a guy exploring the tunnels. He, go, he 
comes across the bones. He comes across the bones arranged in arrows, which is weird. There's graffiti. And then as he goes through it, about 40 minutes in, he starts to run. Now, they say that some people, on the, by some people, I mean Reddit, says that <laughs> it's because he sees something that you can catch a glimpse of, like a shadow off camera, and starts mm-hmm. to run. But he becomes disoriented. He's just going every which way. It's very clear he's gotten himself into some deep shit. He's lost. He he starts panicking. And then at one point, he drops the camera, which is they say the only light source other people say he's got a flashlight i didn't have the time to really like freeze and enhance the video (laughs) but the last shot you see is this very blair witch-esque he drops the camera and then he runs and it's legitimately creepy because there's very little echo down there because it's so underground Mm -hmm. that you just hear the very echoless footsteps and they say you can also hear something inhuman in the background i don't know no thank you yeah so found footage guys um so the whole show uh, revolves around this um uh filmmaker by the name of friedland who uh, is kind of the host for this segment where he's like i'm taking a team down there we're gonna explore it um we're gonna find out what happened to this guy spoilers they don't but for many years, <laughs> even though the show ended, this footage outlived the show because it frequently pops up on uh, spooky things on Reddit, like mm-hmm. Unsolved, like Let's Not Meet. They talk about it often because at the end of the day, this footage was never debunked. Mm, right. So here's a few thoughts from Reddit. So one person said, do you honestly believe a sca- this has to be a fake? Because would someone drop their only source of light or their flashlight and run into darkness? No. The other evidence that I support is that, again, if you're in the cave, with, if, if you're in the part of the tunnels that have the bones, that means you're in this, the beginning of the tunnels yeah. that are still widely visited. Oh, like so the, you wouldn't run deeper in. No. And also, I don't know about the arrows. I can't remember if that was deliberate or not to just be like, you know, demarcations to help people navigate yeah. that they just thought, hey, we got these bones. Might as well make them useful. I was going to say, it being in bones makes me think there's some like 13 year old out there like, <laughs> this is going to freak them out. Yeah. And they, they say that but there's like French. satanic imagery on like the walls, but it's just kind of generic graffiti that I think, if anything, is used to get a rise out of people. Yeah, it's um, just like a penis. And again, yeah, it's a penis. And if there is the graffiti, that means that you're not in the deeper part because no one's going to go deep down to just do graffiti. Right. Yeah, most people on Reddit are like, there's nothing suspicious about this. Anything about hearing voices is just audio artifacts. There's nothing really going on here. So a lot of this, a majority of the research comes from a writer named Lucia from the website The Ghost in My Machine, which is really cool. You should check it out. So she basically, or he, or they, I'm not sure what they identify as, they go through it and they just kind of say, this came, the only evidence for this footage is for the show Scariest Place right. on Earth. Friedland has only been on Scariest Places on the Earth, but he is a real person. And the reason they can identify him as a real person is because he appears again on a different show, Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins. Okay. And Zach Baggins went down there to try to uncover the mystery of the footage. But sure. Lucia, our sleuth, says the first time this appears anywhere is October 24, 2000, when it first aired on ABC mm-hmm. Family. So the long and the short of it is it's probably not real there's been some youtubers a youtuber named uh, rob dyke who analyzed in 2015 says yeah all of my research shows is there this is what not this footage was created specifically for scariest place on earth and friedland is just sticking to his story because it's creepy 
but they never yeah. found the guy. If he if it was real, then it's most likely he he left and got out of there and just never came forward because you get arrested because you're not supposed to be down there illegally. Yeah. If he didn't, he's dead or he's eaten by ghosts. Who knows? But uh, um, duh, ghosts don't eat people. He uh, was eaten by a zombie. Hungry ghosts. Oh, hungry ghosts can't eat anything though because their true. necks are so skinny. Yeah, that's right. Buddhism, y'all. And then in the article, uh, (laughs) someone says, remember the Dyatlov Pass incident, which I wanted to mention because I know you're a fan. Um, (laughs) They think that maybe if he was disoriented, it was because he was just freaking out. And he, but yeah, it's very likely that the long, long and the short of it is that it's most likely that this is a hoax. Thank goodness. It's very spooky, but the the smoking gun is that one of the guys in this foot, the uh, scariest places on earth, is a guy named Lazar Kunzman, Mm -hmm. who is a cataphile as well Mm -hmm. as an underground artist who who does film stuff and does. He's a French hacker artist underground, so maybe that kind of tips the hand a little bit. So yeah, there's a lot. He's like that dude who was painting aliens because aliens told him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, yep. I just had a lot about. Mm. So I'm gonna close this with saying my experience in the catacombs, which is not that exciting. Yeah. So summer between junior and ser- senior year of college was a weird time for me. Mm-hmm. I had a really disastrous breakup. I realized I hadn't studied abroad, mm-hmm. so I decided to take an experimental video course in Paris, where I'd be working with Super 8 mm. film, which is a pretty creepy medium because it's basically like serial killer style like washed out colors mm. everything's silent it's the frame rate is jumpy it looks like something mm-hmm. you'd find in a basement mm-hmm. in insidious but it yeah. was cool so uh, yeah i was working in a cd bar at the time i was making a lot of bad choices it's probably why i was like let's go explore some tombs so i found i managed to convince one of the classmates i was with there who's this really awesome girl named swathi who i was i believe from india by way of canada she was really into film she was really cool so she was down for the job so we went there and my experience was it starts in this first of all it starts with a long ass line that you have to wait three hours to get through and then (laughs) there's a little house they pat you down and then you go down a staircase and it gets quieter and quieter and as you're realizing how quiet it's getting you're also realizing you're still on a staircase and you're still going underground for what seems like a very unsettling amount of time. And then Ooh. bones everywhere. Wow. So it is it is claustrophobic. It is tight. There isn't a lot of sound. Mm-hmm. It's not creepy for me though, because one, I think it's just really cool. And also there's the presence of so many other people there who are just kind of like shuffling through that you don't really feel right. you know it's just you're surrounded by other living people. Um, there's a lot of the carvings are really cool. And I understand what they said by objectionable because there's definitely literally like screaming faces carved into the wall. I'm just like, huh, you think all the skulls staring at you wouldn't be enough. But hey, the French. I remember there being... Go big there, or go I remember home. being like wells and cisterns of like the mineral deposits like turned it like bright blue. Ooh. And um, I'll send some yeah. photos over that are on my Facebook. They're not that great because I didn't have a good camera, but I will send them over because I couldn't find That's any right. online of just like the really neat water deposits. Yeah. That's fine. We'll put them on our Instagram. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. A side note, recently, a few weeks ago, I think they, there were explorers down there on Reddit who posted that they found another level that had been flooded. That you could see, like, the water level. So I guess there's another whole network of creepy stuff down there that's underwater. Yeah. Amazing. Spoop our field Um, trip. Yeah, it wasn't hugely spooky. The weirdest thing, like, the creepiest thing for me was 
and going back to making bad decisions is I saw something glistening on the wall and I was like, what is that? And I touched it and realized as I touched it, it was a slime mold. Like one of those like creepy, like networky, which is creepy in itself because they don't know how they work because they have no brain. But yeah, that happened. Right. (laughs) But the best part. The best part of this whole thing is at the end of the tour, where the what's a guided tour because you walk through a tunnel, and you can see the sealed off yeah. passages, and you're kind of like, what's down there? And you know, but at the end, there's someone who paths you down again because apparently people try to take the bones and hide it under their parkas. I mean, and there was a table there of people who had just come through. Of femurs and radiuses and skulls that they had just been like, nope, leave it on the table. Don't don't say anything. Just leave it on the table and get out of here. And I just remember, I think I took a picture of it being like, holy shit, this is happening. That's amazing. So wow, that's it. That's the catacombs. That's awesome. I'm so sorry. I I tried to speak fast because that just took up so much time. No, 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 it was great. You're tangentially the Dyatlov Pass. I was. I went to Animal Kingdom again <laughs> and with the express intention of like going and looking at the Dyatlov Pass mm-hmm. part of the mm. uh, Escape from Everest mm-hmm. line and it just wouldn't stop downpouring and thunderstorming no! that day and so even though we had a fast pass for it they shut down the ride and so I didn't get to get in line for it oh, but hopefully again someday I'll be able to see it. My work is going back to Disney in two years so I'm hoping I can get in then. Well, I haven't been there since I was five, so screw all y'all. You well, you again. were scared then, so why should you go now? <laughs> You'll because, probably just get scared he's again. braver now. I mean, you've been in the catacombs. Yeah, he's been in the catacombs. I think I've been surrounded by a I bunch don't know. of dead Parisians looking at me. I think I can start. Yeah, you know. but, but have you been around a bunch of ghosts being reflected off of mirrors? <laughs> no. Okay. See? Right, See? I need my speculation sham. Talk to me about Rasputin. Yes, let's talk about Rasputin. Speaking of people who are full of shame, I'm just kidding. This motherfucker felt no goddamn shame. All right, so we're going to hook a right from Paris and just go over to Russia. All right. Hello, Russia. It's like a reverse Anastasia. (gasps) Yay! I mean, where is it? Good musical. See it on Broadway. Nice. Most of this is from Wikipedia, Skeptoid.com, AllThat'sInteresting.com, Time Magazine, The Guardian, Smithsonian Magazine, and The Guardian Damn. again. So, Rasputin, the right, mad right, monk right, of right, Russia. Rasputin. Sing me the song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right. So, we're also traveling back in time. It is January 21st, 1869, and we are in the Siberian village of Pokrovskoye. <laughs> And Grigory Yefimovich Rasputin was born to a peasant family. When he was 28 years old, a.k.a. how old I am right now, he took a pilgrimage to a monastery and he had a religious awakening whilst there. Why did he go on a pilgrimage? I don't know. I'm 28 and I do not have that impulse. (laughs) But the spookiest rumor about why he left or why he went on this pilgrimage, is that he had a vision of either the Virgin Mary or of some other saint. Or he was trying to skip town in order to avoid charges for horse theft. Yup. Who can say? He was not very popular at first in his town. He was not a cool dude. I mean, he wasn't popular Mm. later either. Anyway, 
Regardless of his reasons, Rasputin, classy and likable gent that he was, ditched his pregnant wife and infant son and was like, bye, I'm gonna go be a teetotaling vegetarian Strenic, which is a wanderer slash pilgrim. He never took his official holy oaths. He was just like, this is a thing I'm gonna do. Okay, peace. And just was like, I'm a monk now. All right. Which isn't really how that works, but okay. but okay. And he developed a loyal group of followers who I guess really enjoyed the crazy intensity of his eyes. Yeah. Because motherfucker had some crazy eyes. (laughs) And it was around this time that some of the weirder and grosser rumors about what kind of person he was started. He ran his group out of his father's root cellar when he was done wandering. And immediately the locals were like, I don't like this Rasputin guy because he was allegedly having his female followers ceremonially, heavy air quotes, bathe him. But it was only for ceremonial purposes. I'm sure he he didn't enjoy it. So he, okay. He's like, bathe me. And this was before every single prayer meeting. So it was happening fairly often. And also he might have been participating in orgies, which like it starts with a ceremonial bath. It ends with an orgy. Okay. It's just a slippery slope. So he was, okay. He was right that off kind, the bat. He was that kind of dude. He was that kind of dude. Okay. But as it turns out, he was actually a charming motherfucker, and he was able to rise past all of the distasteful rumors that he was boning his followers, and people were like, you know what, this guy might be okay. So very polarizing, but ultimately a lot of people were like, this is a charming dude. So he started traveling in the more, like, posh circles mm-hmm. of Russia, and eventually that's how... You know, sometime around 1906, he became the trusted mystic of Tsar Nicholas. Probably they met because, as we all know, the Tsar was one of the many, many people who came from a long line of inbreeding, and his hemophiliac son, Alexei, was in desperate need Mm -hmm. of care. And because that's not really something they knew how to treat back then, they were like, hey, Beardy with the crazy eyes, how about you come take a look at our kid? And the Tsarina Alexandra was... 100% just ugh. (laughs) You sound like the rest of Russia after Rasputin got in there. They were just like over her. Because she was she was apparently of like Anglo-German ancestry. Mm -hmm. So they didn't love that. They were like, ew, gross. This bitch is a spy. So they didn't like her. And then she really liked Rasputin. Because in 1912 their son Alexei suffered from a hematoma, which is like a really bad bruise. Right. Uh, because he was a hemophiliac, got really, really bad, and it worsened until he was, like, at death's door. Good. So the doctors were like, all right, we're just going to keep pumping him full of aspirin and hoping for the best, but your kid's prob's going to die. Sorry, y'all. And then Rasputin, see, this is an important detail. I'm laying some groundwork. Rasputin was like, don't worry about it. I got this. You tell the doctors to stop bothering him. And within two days, Alexei was on the mend. And then the Tsarina was like, oh shit, this motherfucker has powers! This is the greatest day! He was a really ugly motherfucker. Oh yeah, he was a creepy fucking dude. I don't like, understand. He was not a good looking dude. Anyway, after that, the yeah, exactly, those eyes. She and Rasputin were like BFFs, and at this point Rasputin was like, I totally have powers, but they're not just from God, they're also from the devil. And then he continued to treat the hemophiliac prince with hypnosis and various other spooky things. Now, really, what probably happened and why Alexei got better was because the doctors were giving him aspirin, which, as we know now, is a blood thinner. So maybe don't give your hemophiliac son a bunch of blood thinners. Because guess what he doesn't need any help with? Bleeding. (laughs) 
Yeah. Bad news. That motherfucker was cheating. He was not a wizard. He was a cheater. Anyway, so with the Tsarina and Rasputin being BFFs now, there came a bunch of rumors that they were secretly boning. But as mm. far as we can tell, they probably weren't. Mm-hmm. But they're, like it was just probably a reaction to, hmm, this woman is very close with this man. I bet they're fucking... And it was sort of a way to undermine her as well, because, again, she wasn't super She was popular. too religious to do that, though. Yeah, and, like, he was super religious, and there's a lot of speculation that he didn't really go in for the whole sex orgy thing at all, that that was just speculation for people who didn't like him. So, but he you know. was using some gourds and bees, am I right? I mean, hey. Russ Pootie Poot does what he wants, and what he wants is a gourd full of bees. All right, so, with him getting closer and closer to the Tsarina, char- rumors were getting more and more involved in his life because he was also amassing power. Because when you're BFFs with the ruling monarchs of Russia, you're just like, I mean, don't mind me. I'm just going to, like, pull some strings behind the scenes. I'm not the puppet master. Mm. So people didn't love that, especially because they were in the middle of a war in which Russia wasn't doing great. And people were speculating, you know what? I bet Rasputin is advising our dear leader on military strategy and everything's sucking. So, as I put in my notes, people didn't love that suddenly this creepy beard weirdo had all this power. So that's when the fun began. First, on July 12th, 1914, which, does that sound familiar? Because today is July 12th, Uh, (laughs) 2018. So we are 104 years after... The first attempt on Rasputin's life. This is... Did you time this? No. no. I was doing this earlier and I was like, holy shit, this is today. She also, was very excited. I was very she excited. Was very excited. Also, I put in my notes 104 years ago today, suckas, but I was typing quickly so it came out suck ass. You know. Eat, which is also what the parchment says in the uh, ass, black... Suck a dick and sell drugs. drugs. The, when you open the black sarcophagus, it's just in hieroglyphs. It's also probably ass. one of Rasputin's favorite pastimes, but... uh I mean, he was doing a lot of shit. I'm sure (laughs) sucking ass was up there. (laughs) Anyway, on July 12th, 1914. (laughs) God damn it. That was a good Rasputin face. A 33-year-old peasant woman stabbed Rasputin in the stomach when he was in his hometown. Good. She was a follower of a priest who hated Rasputin because of his alleged debauchery and sexual misadventures. So all of that ass sucking. Yep. And after she stabbed him, they were like, why'd you do it? And she said it was because he was a false prophet and maybe even the Antichrist, which is a pretty good reason to stab somebody. Yeah. Especially when you look like Rasputin. I'll like, I know it. you shouldn't judge people based on looks, but this if somebody's the Antichrist, it was this motherfucker. Well, and uh, old Russian women are like, they're hardcore. She wasn't even old. She was 33. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean at the time, that means she was like two years out from they death. They also don't age well. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, so life was hard back then. And then a fun, just a fun fact about stomach wounds. They're really hard <laughs> to survive, especially yeah. at this time when surgery was basically, oh, let me use my dirty hands that have been slopping the pigs and let me poke some more uh. holes in you. <laughs> but good old Rasputy Poot Putin pulled through. So after a long recovery period, he eventually bounced back, but apparently he was forever changed and got super paranoid about people trying to murder him. I, why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, if somebody's already tried to murder you once, you're probably going to be like about it. This is like the one time. It's going to happen. Yeah. 
one relatable instance. Yeah, this one instance, I'm like, you know what, Rasputin, you got a point. <laughs> but he also started drinking a bunch, which is always a good look in an old-timey Russian, like, power amasser is just getting crunk all the fucking time. All the time. And he also complained that the assassination attempt robbed him of some of his mystical powers, which I think is just a big cop-out for, like, if, say... You were at Tsarina and you were like, hey, my kid's still sick and you said you were fixing him. What's the deal? You can be like, oh, well, I got stabbed and all of my mystic powers leaked out. I mean, in the anime, My Hero Academia, (laughs) (laughs) the the main superhero is losing his powers because he got horribly injured. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were gonna like like Rasputin makes a cameo. Oh no! There's no because there's a lot of anime now where like there's like yeah. one called like Fate Night yes, or something yeah. where like they like they pull people from the past is like they summon like yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt to like attack people. And Alexander oh my the god! Great, and no, there's a spinoff of this anime that's just like them living a normal life in Japan, like cooking, but you still have like like Catherine and like Joan of Arc and like <laughs> these people, but they're like cooking. Seems fine. Yeah. It's great. But, All right, so Rasputin was clearly using his mystic powers to watch My Hero Academia, <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to steal this excuse for why I'm not fixing the hemophiliac kid. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as World War I was ramping up, Rasputin started getting increasingly blamed for how poorly Russia was doing on that front. Like, yeah. it wasn't going great for Russia. No. And that's when Prince Felix Yusupov who was married to the Tsar's niece, so that's why he's- And also a giant flaming queen. I mean, (laughs) just because he decided to do a murder with two of his very, very close friends, who knows what he was into other than killing people? We don't know. He's a giant- Gay men, they plan a brunch, they can plan an assassination. (laughs) Let's be real, brunch is more complex than an assassination. You only have to get, like, one moving part. For an assassination. For brunch, it's like, okay, well, I gotta have something savory. I have to have something sweet. I have to have a cocktail. I say this because I just had a brunch last weekend. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Prince Felix Yusupov had had it up to here with this bearded menace who was fucking with the course of Russian history. So he came up with a great plan along with two of his very special friends. Just bros. No homo. (laughs) So first, Yusupov was like, hey, Rasputin, why don't you come over to my house for dinner? And apparently, even though he was paranoid about getting murdered, Rasputin was like, this seems fine, and headed over there right before midnight. Well, Yusupov was also, I think he was a fun time. I mean, Like, I think he was like, you wanted to chill with him. Yeah, but if you're paranoid about people killing you, maybe don't go to a dude you don't know all that well's house at, like, 1150. I mean, it just sounds like a typical grinder hookup to me, but yeah, you know, but you're also I don't mess with that. So you're also not on grinder thinking this person's gonna murder me. I mean, that's why I don't have grinder. See, but <laughs> exactly. So that's why you wouldn't do it. You're making my case for me. Really. <laughs> just Rasputin wasn't that paranoid. He would rather party. So you know. Yeah. Eh, anyway, so he goes over there, and Yusupov had brought his very two special bros. And they were hanging out there, and they had this foolproof plan to kill this crazy motherfucker. They served him some tea and cakes, both of which they felt they had put enough potassium cyanide in to just immediately take him out. So none of this- no, that'll kill you right away. Yeah, they were like, none of this slow-acting bullshit. We're just gonna overkill because we want this weird-ass mystic gone. Yeah. 
And so initially Rasputin was like, no, I, re I couldn't possibly eat. I'm good. And then he was like, mm, yummy cake. And he just like ate a bunch of cakes and drank some tea. And then he was like, could I also trouble you for some wine? And also the wine had been poisoned and he had three glasses. And they're like, what no. the fuck? <laughs> this dude has so much cyanide in him. He's probably more cyanide than person. But he was still fine. So at 2.30 a.m., Yusupov was like, uh, I'll be right back. And he went upstairs to where his co-conspirators were. And he was like, what the fuck do I do? This motherfucker just had like 18 times the poison we intended him to have. And he's fine. Like, he doesn't even seem sick. He's just like, I'll take some more wine if you don't, don't mind if I do. <laughs> oh, God. And so the co one of the co-conspirators was like, all right, we tried being subtle. Here's a revolver. Just go shoot him. We're just going to take him out. It's going to look like he was murdered, but honest to God, that's fine. So Yusupov grabs the revolver and goes back downstairs to Rasputin. And in, like, classic action movie sense, he told Rasputin that he should look at the crucifix that was in the room and say a prayer. And then he shot him in the chest. Woo! Rasputin's dead! Yay! It happened! So one of the conspirators put on Rasputin's coat and hat and drove back over to Rasputin's apartment to make it seem like Rasputin went back home to establish an alibi for the rest of them. And then when they doubled back to Yusupov's palace, he went downstairs to check on the body and, like, make plans for what to do with it. And that's when Rasputin launched himself at Yusupov, because that motherfucker was not dead. Oh, it's like Halloween. It's just like this. Halloween. They're like, he's dead. Nope. So Rusapov. Double tap. Yep. You got a double tap. So Yusupov right. freaked out and was like fighting with Rasputin, like beating the shit out of him, getting the shit beat out of him in return. He finally breaks away and runs upstairs. But Rasputin, who has been shot in the chest and had the shit poisoned out of him, is hot on his heels. One of the other co-conspirators then shot Rasputin a couple of times, and they weren't dicking around this time. I think they ended up shooting him three times, at least once was in the head. And then this time they're like, you know what? He's apparently immune to bullets too. Let's wrap him up in a cloth and dump him in the river. So that they drove him to the Petrovsky Bridge and tossed him overboard. And then this is my favorite story. This is the best story. Yeah, no, it has a Rasputin story. It's just, you know what? He didn't die before. Let's really fucking kill him. And so there are accounts that Rasputin was alive when he went into the river and that there was water found in his lungs, but that's probably not true. Although when they found his body, which was several weeks later because they found him under the ice a couple of, couple of ways down from where they initially dumped him, um, the initial coroner's report got lost somehow or wasn't properly recorded. I didn't take a ton of notes on it, but like for some reason they did the initial report and then that was gone, so then they had to replicate it. But by this point, Rasputin was already buried because the day after they found him, they were like, all right, that's enough of him. They buried him to give his family some closure. But this unkillable mystic was yeah. not fucking done because he was like, I'm going to get one more last manipulation in before I'm gone. Because before he died, he wrote to Nicholas, the Tsar, to say that if he were killed by government officials, the entire imperial family would be killed by the Russian people. Well, Guess what happened 15 months later? The revolution. Yup. Mm -hmm. And look where it got us. I mean, we're doing great. <laughs> we are not doing great. Everything's terrible. I welcome our undead Billy Zane overlord, who's not actually Billy Zane. <laughs> 
Anyway, after the revolution, soldiers exhumed Rasputin's body and burned it because they didn't want him to be seen as, like, a martyr for, you know, the Russian Empire and, like, the people they just overthrew. And they didn't want it to be, like, a hotbed of revolutionary activity. They were like, let's just fucking burn him. And (laughs) this is a fun detail. They might not have burned his penis. Yup. Because according to the (laughs) the UK's Metro in 2009... There, the, Russia opened its first ever museum of sex and erotica, and they apparently have his preserved dick, which is 12 inches long. Ra 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 Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> and that's too long, Rasputin. I feel like the museum, like knowing the Russians, the museum of sex and erotica is just that, and then like a babushka in the corner being like, ugh. You want some borscht? Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, the article I was reading was great because they were quoting the guy who, like, curates the museum. And he's like, we used to be jealous of America because they have Napoleon's penis. But that's so much smaller than Rasputin's penis. We're not jealous anymore. And I'm like, are we really getting into an after-death dick measuring? Oh, my with God. their small Napoleonic penises are not good like glorious Russian and their giant wizard dicks. <laughs> I was in Soviet Russia, penis bigger than well, you. Okay, so you guys were talking about grinder hookups earlier. <laughs> Did you guys see that article about the guy who had he had a grinder hookup with the guy with the ten inch dick and his? Um, yup. Oh, the hero. The, the hero. Yeah, the hero who took a ten inch dick. Not here. <laughs> not heroes wear. All not all heroes wear capes. The best quote, the pull quote from that. Oh. Um, speaking of things getting pulled, uh, <laughs> was do, the interviewer goes, do your parents know you're gay? And without missing a beat, he goes, yes, but they, they don't, don't know, know I'm a whore. <laughs> but he, he, they, he ruptured his... Oh my um, God, his, his like, voice box, his lyrics? Uh, not his what, his what Adam's his, apple. His, like um, long, long, like the, like, the long, partition... Like, his long, oh, yeah. Yeah. where, where deep, the bronchial tubes cut yeah, off? He like deep-throated a 10-inch dish. Not like a serious yeah, yeah. one. So telling is saying about this grinder thing and then finding out Rasputin has a 12 inch dick. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> well, it's, that guy has got some, that kid's got some work to do. It, he's 19. He's oh, 19. Well, he's got, he's, you know, Rasputin he's was got, older he, when he died. So like, so many dicks in his future. So many. So many. from a porn but, well, 12 inches is too big, number one. And it's, number no, two. Can't do it. There are rumors that if you look at Rasputin's too long dick, it will cure your impotency. Oh, I thought it was going to, like, curse you or something. Oh, no, no, no. His it'll, dick it'll, is only for good, not for it, evil. It'll only make you harder. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just, like, thinking back to, like, reading about how that kid is known for that doing that thing now. And I remember thinking, I want to be known for my podcast. I didn't want to be known for my, like, skank. Yeah. Well, then a steak- Which is also pretty legendary. Oh, I actually, mean, I just said that one camera, but whatever. <laughs> we'll cut it. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um. No, don't, don't do it. Let everyone know. <laughs> the world must know. Everyone know I'm talented at podcasts and I'm Russia's greatest love machine. <laughs> Except for Rasputin's 12 inch dick. Can't. N- nope. Nobody can touch can't that. Compete with, can't compete with that. Yeah. So what happened after, you know, the whole burning the body thing, maybe not burning the dick? Whole bunch of nothing. Until the 1950s, when a little group of creatives, I don't know if you guys have heard of them, they're called the Disney Imagineers. Oh, God. And they pitched Rasputin as a ghostly resident in the Haunted Mansion. 
Holy shit, it comes full circle. Oh my god, yep. this whole fucking episode. I got really excited. Sasha was in the room when I hit this part, and I'm like, I'm including this just oh, for you, this and is I what hope you we haven't okay, talked I'm about so it. Excited. According to theweekinweird.com, the original plan for the Haunted Mansion was that it would be ghosts of famous historical figures. So, like Jack the Ripper, Guy mm. Fawkes, Ivan the Terrible, and Grigory Rasputin, because he was a creepy motherfucker. So Mark Davis started drawing a portrait of Rasputin centering on his crazy and hypnotic eyes. And the Did not think you were going to say eyes. They're not going <laughs> to put a dick on the haunted mansion. They put it on the cover of the Little Mermaid. I don't know. I don't make the rules. <laughs> yeah, in the 90s, this was the 50s, Maxwell. They didn't talk about 12-inch dicks then. Anyway... The idea with this painting was that it would eventually just morph, so it would start out with Rasputin, and then it would slowly, subtly change until it was just his 12-inch dick. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It was going to eventually morph until it was just one giant eyeball. And they have the original illustrations of what this painting would look like. Oh, no, I hate it. (laughs) Show it to me. Show it to me. Show it to me. Kaboom. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, no, I don't like it at all. No. (laughs) <laughs> oh I'm god, put it, put it away, it. put it away. Well, that's still a, that is still a giant one-eyed monster. Ah. I mean. <laughs> the other Imagineers were like, you fucking nailed it, bro. But Walt nailed Disney it. himself shot it down. Not because it was an abomination unto our universe, but because he didn't want to get sued. Because remember, this was the 50s. So they were only like 30 oh. years out from Rasputin getting killed. So That's he weird. still had living family members. And so Disney oh, was... Yeah, didn't, wasn't his daughter really cool? Like she joined the circus. She was like a lesbian. She was like an act. Something. That like I don't she was know. cool. But she, okay. was, she was a very like vocal person about like, this is who my dad was. A lot of misinformation has been spread about him. Mm. But this is who he was. Which is a bit rich considering the fact that, you know, he ditched her mom when she was literally in the womb. But whatever. whatever. But, like, Walt Disney was like, if we do this, they're going to sue us because this daughter is still alive because it's only been 30 years. So, he nixed it because (laughs) they thought the living relatives might have taken issue with the representation of their forebear as a creepy, crazy wizard. Even though that's what he was. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Yay! Oh my god. Yeah, fucking bananas. Like we covered a lot of ground today. We did. We covered a lot of dicks. <laughs> a like, lot of honey. It's, a lot of honey. This this episode is about thing that is long, and it's about things that are long. I mean, this episode is and labyrinthine. This episode is almost as long as Rasputin's just monstrous penis. So long, big coffins, long time. big. Tombs, yeah. big, dicks. big dicks. I mean, I like big tombs, and I cannot lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to this spoop. Probably hour and a half. Yeah. I'll edit it down a little bit, oh, but no I worries. yeah. We'll Maxwell, just... you want to plug your shows? Yes. Yes. So, Relic the Lost Treasure podcast mm-hmm. is each week. I choose a different treasure. I go into the story, kind of like Laura. If you listen to that, it's a little bit like Indiana Jones. Yes. We're on a hiatus right now, but I am still releasing episodes now and then uh, till I pick it up again. Hopefully, in the late fall, maybe the early winter. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, but the first season's all up there. Uh, the second, the second season's going to be on like heists. Yes. For the most part, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, when I listened to your episode today announcing the season two theme, I was like, yes, because I just want yeah. all heists all the time. I love heists. Heists, heists, yes. heists. And I'm looking for sponsorships, so give me money. <laughs> um, you think we have money. 
I I also launched recently Everything is Crystals, which is a podcast I do with my friend Tom on uh, where we do a thematic cocktail. We drink it. And do we ever drink it? And then tell someone who has no idea about the plot of one of the Final Fantasy games. So that's fun because those are ridiculous and awesome. Yes. And there's a lot of them. So it's going to be a new guest each time. We've got some special guests from podcasts you might listen to that Amazing. are going to be on it. Yay. That are lined up. And that's going to be a limited series. So hopefully by the time that wraps, I'll be doing Relic again. And you can find Relic at Lost Treasure Pod. And everything, at, everything is crystals at Too Many Crystals. Yes. It's just too many. Just too many. Too many crystals. Too many crystals, just like Rasputin's dick was just too big. (laughs) All right. We were Spoop Hour. That was Relic. Oh, Um, and Spoop Hour, sorry, we can be found on the internets too. We are on the Instagram and the Twitter at Spoop Hour. And then if you have a ghost story, if you've been down in the catacombs, if you've seen Rasputin's giant dick and it cured your impotence, Email spoophour at gmail.com. So just the name of our podcast at gmail.com and tell us everything. Yep. Work. If you've got any <laughs> Disney lore. Yes. Or if you are Dom and there was something I forgot to mention in this week's episode. If you are Dom and you have access to the original Rasputin art, <laughs> I will pay you one American dollar for a print so I can hang it outside of Sasha's room so that one morning she wakes up, opens the door, and talk, it's just talk there. To merchandising. <laughs> I would buy that shirt and I would never stop wearing it. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the three of us. Thank Maxwell. you so much for coming yeah. on, Maxwell. This, this was This is an fun. honor. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you. We definitely want to have you on again because you had some great ideas about stuff and this was fun yeah. and we love having people on. So thanks 100%. for listening, everybody. We love it. And just don't go into the catacombs and stay away from 12-inch penises. But say yes to bees and gourds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey folks, how's it going? My name is Augie, and I host a podcast called The Short Stories of Augie Peterson. Once upon a time, I had two blogs. Then one day I started listening to podcasts. They seemed like a lot of fun and would combine the thing I was always afraid to share with the world, my writing, with the thing I had no choice but to share with the world, my theater background. So I decided to combine them into a podcast for those millennials that don't have time to read two blogs. I read the original horror stories I write on Tuesdays and review really terrible horror movies with massive amounts of sass on Thursdays. On the first Saturday of each month, I tell my listeners about five new indie artists that I have interviewed that I think they should know about. So if you like dorks, horror, and indie artists, this is the podcast for you. Check out the short stories of Augie Peterson wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, check out augiepeterson.wordpress.com. Toodaloo!